0: This episode of the Yoga Wine Bar podcast is brought to you by Inner North Star and the North Star Retreat Center. Whether you are looking for a complete life reboot, a yoga and meditation getaway, or a space to simply bring more mindfulness to everything you do, this is the retreat center for you. Located high on top of a mountain in San Diego's backcountry, you will really feel like you have gotten away from it all. In addition, there's a 20s themed champagne room that will make your next event truly a memorable one. For more information, please visit innernorthstar.com. That's I N N E R N O R T H S T A R.com. You can also track everything they're doing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the same name. And now, here is the next episode of the Yoga Wine Bar Podcast. Hello there. This podcast is going to start out a little bit differently. Why, you might ask? Because when I recorded this, it was maybe my first or second day back into the realm of podcasting. And you see, recording software has lots of really cool, fancy buttons, ones that you actually must push if you intend on recording, one of which I did not at the start of this interview. Mind you, this interview meant the world to me. This gal, Kathy Hoyha, who you're getting ready to meet, is the perfect balance between yoga and mindfulness and uh, a true wine expert. So imagine my dismay when I look at my computer screen as she's talking and nothing is moving or recording or doing much of anything. So I'm going to give you the version of the intro that I did that you didn't hear which is a little bit about her background. She is a dynamic media professional with a special interest in wine and the spirit of hospitality. She is also an effective and engaging public speaker on subjects ranging from wine and gastronomy to digital media and entrepreneurship. She's a great supporter of women in the wine industry. She's got several master's degree, one of which is from Harvard. She is a fantastic humanitarian, does all kinds of nonprofit work, and has studied under truly the greatest yoginis of our time. I was so floored with this interview that I cannot wait to share it with you. And if you heard the last episode with Rebecca, you remember that she is a partner, in the A Balanced Glass website, and really movement uh, for health and wellness in the wine industry, well, in hospitality in general. So, this is kind of the second part of that little interview, if you will, that I, I hope you enjoy. And now you actually will get to. So, with that, We're going to jump in where I had just asked her, tell me about your journey, following your heart, what that meant to you. Uh, Her road has taken lots of twists and turns, which are all equally as fascinating. Anyway, without further ado, we're going to jump in now to Kathy speaking to uh, why and how it is that she has found herself on the journey that she is currently on. With that, here we go.
1: You know, it takes it takes kind of a sideways sort of glance and then maybe you get distracted a little bit but then every once in a while this whole curveball comes in and boom like you're off on a whole other trajectory and i had just my life has sort of been a series of those and it has been really amazing uh, to follow to follow my heart i feel like i've been doing following my heart in terms of what what I think is in front of me to do and what maybe has been given me to do. And yeah. So, and those have been sort of the, the leads that I followed, whether it comes to wine, whether it comes to negotiation, definitely when it comes to writing um, when it comes more recently to uh, just being an entrepreneur and co-founding this company called analytics and working with data in the wine world Um, and definitely a lot of other uh, sort of side parallel paths that have sort of joined me along the way. It's been it's been pretty amazing.
0: So I could easily do an entire show around any one of those topics, any one of the companies you've been involved in, I, the book you've written, uh, all of your writing, quite frankly. But before we do a little bit more of a deep dive onto any one of those. What I want to do is talk about, which is really what captivated me about you beyond measure, is this statement from your website. Prosperity happens when we as individuals, organizations, families, and companies do the thing that we are meant to do in this world. And with that, anybody who's listening that is very diverse, has lots of different interests, and I'm sure they have friends and family saying, well, why don't you pick one? You, you clearly don't know who you are. You, know, you, you can't be as interested in knitting as you are in construction. And, mm. and my thought, which I believe you and I share the same thing, which is it's not what you do, but it's how you're doing what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. And so out of everything that you have as your background, why do you think people miss this point of not following their heart, and their calling and letting the outside noise and chatter of friends, family, community weigh in so much that, that have them down a path that they have no business being on. And when you see that in the people that you speak with, how do you help? uh, It's not convincing is not the right word, but maybe bring awareness to what true prosperity means when you're following your, your true nature and your true heart's calling.
1: I think it's, so easy. It's really easy to be influenced um, by, by, by income levels. And it's so easy to be influenced by the easiest course, you know, that's offered at, at college. Or it's so easy to to take the easy path. And um and sometimes, you know, it's easy for a reason. Sometimes things come easy to you. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing that. You know, absolutely. Um, but I feel like every, every one of us, there's, I, I believe, two things about every person. One is that we are capable beyond what we ever dreamed we were capable of. I think I really, truly believe that each of us has just been um, underestimating ourselves, some more than others. Um, but when if we can really sort of Dig into and and touch the things that um, that make us or, or the gifts that that we've been given to really manifest. I think that that is um, something that is um, not well appreciated or not well understood, um, or not well allowed for. You know, frankly, um, definitely not in the U.S. Um, and with so many different uh, motivations and influences around, around our culture. Um, so that's one thing that I, that I firmly believe about most of us, is that we, we don't believe that we really are as capable as we are of, of doing so much. Um, and the second thing that I, that I really believe is that we've all been, um, been given something unique, given something unique to do, a unique skill or a unique uh, set of people around us. Um, and I think that the communication between those two things, how capable we are and the unique circumstances uh, that surround, surround our, our, us as individuals, I think that bringing those two things together is how you tap into sort of that, that prosperity that, that you mentioned, Michelle, um, that we do the thing that we're meant to do in this world. When we understand how capable we are, and when we understand what's unique about our situation, about our history, about what we know um, sort of in this in this world, when we can bring those two things together, then I think that we're we're on we're on the right path.
0: So you and I are lockstep in this belief wholeheartedly. Um, I know that I talk to people, probably the same uh, types of individuals that are anywhere in the world, that you and I could be in this conversation. They could be sitting with us here at the table enjoying a uh, cup of tea, or it being National Chardonnay Day, having a glass of Chardonnay today, (laughs) and saying, that's all well and good, the two of you, because maybe the two of you have had more success, so you believe what you believe. But... I don't have many talents. I don't have anything unique about me or my life. And I have no idea what gift I could possibly bring to the world. And I hear that, especially from women, more often than not. I'm just not good enough. So I'm happy that I even have the little job that I do have, even if it's not my love and it's not my passion. Um, I have no idea what else I could possibly do. And I don't even know where to start to figure that out. To that person, mm-hmm. what would you say?
1: Yeah, Um I would say, actually, something that that my teacher says to says to us, says to our students a lot, um, which is that if you if you feel like you don't have anything, give something away. If you feel like you don't have time, for example, then take time or take time to to volunteer or take time and give time to somebody, uh, visit a sick person or. Or visit a hospital, or a, or a neonatal intensive care unit, and hold babies. What, whatever it is, we—I I, I don't really believe that n- that any of us has no gift, or no skills, or no, or hasn't caught any breaks in the world. You know, we—we we woke up today. We woke up today. We're breathing. We are able. You know, most of us are able to move around freely. That in itself is something that a fair number of people in the world are not entitled to. Um, and I think that sort of the, the basic gratitude of that is, is where to start. But also to go back to, to what my teacher said, if you, if you feel like you, you don't have something like time or, or resources or money, Um, even if it's even if you give a quarter or a nickel to a homeless person on you know that you pass on the street um, that act of giving sort of it sets it sets a couple things in motion it sets your own awareness in motion of you know of of money and of generosity and of gratitude that you had even a little bit to give and then I really I really think that um, and I, I know this from, my, from my, own, my own life and my own experience um, that it, it starts something. It's, it's sort of, it kicks something off. Um, I come from a very humble background uh, in rural Pennsylvania. And it wasn't, my, my parents didn't go to college. And there was a whole bunch of us, there's a whole great big family. Um, Blue collar worker my dad was. And my mom, you know, was a housewife and she stayed at home and she raised all of us. And that in itself was it was a very was very humble um, beginning, except for the fact that we were we were healthy, we had our health, we had motivation, um, and we had uh, this desire to to move to move forward, um, and that took different forms for my brothers and sisters and I, um, but it's not just because we weren't born with a lot of material gifts didn't mean that we weren't born with the most important things to move us forward in the world, which were, I think, gratitude again, but also starting with, with a motivation, an internal motivation um, to make a contribution. I think we all wanted to to do something out there. And I feel like the fact that we literally we woke up every day and there was food on the table. That is a place to start. That's where we all started from. Well, I hope anybody
0: that's listening, honestly, where you're if you're walking the dog, you're driving on your way to work, you're at the gym, you really should. And I have no idea where this conversation is going to go, but I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter. Stop it, rewind four minutes, and re-listen with complete and soul dedication to what Kathy just said. It's probably one of the most profound things, and I've done more than a hundred interviews on uh, my, the Game Changer podcast alone, let alone the amount of conversations I've had with people. And truly one of the most profound things I've ever heard someone say is what you just said, which is the difference between doing nothing and doing something can be as simple as giving five minutes of your time or five cents. And once that doing something gets set in motion, everything changes. Your mindset changes, right? Universal energy changes. Everything shifts from if I can do this something, then maybe I can do a little something more. And the next something, but it's the start. In in running, right? What do they say the biggest challenge of running a marathon is? Just getting yourself to the starting line. It's something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that is absolutely Brilliant. So I do hope that everybody here listening right now just stops to think before you spend any more time focusing on what you don't have or what you're not, uh, you're exactly right. Everybody has something. And I do believe I agree with you completely. Everybody's here for a reason. And everybody has a very unique gift that no one else here on this planet has. No one has your story. No one has Mm -hmm. your background. With that and everybody's unique story, let's walk right into Hungry for Wine. This book, let me just read a little quote from this book. Hungry for Wine, which, by the way, Kathy wrote, that's why we're now talking about this, is also a memoir about how the author went from simply liking the taste of wine to tasting it every day to writing about it 365 days a year, to traveling the world in search of the people and the stories in this book. First of all, I read that. I, I have a girlfriend who's here with me who we're getting ready to go out and plant a Chardonnay vineyard because of course it's National Chardonnay Day. And I read this last night and said, mm. how in the world did we not do this? How did we miss this idea? <laughs> this is the most brilliant thing. It reminds me of Eat, Pray, Love where I want to go explore myself and then you wind up exploring more things than what you could imagine. But I truly thought, are you, where were we? Why didn't we come up with this brilliant idea? But outside of you know being envious and jealous and excited and all the rest of it, I am really fired up to say, okay, so out of that journey, which by the way is brilliant, and I don't know how I didn't come up with it myself, or at least find you and join you, is uh, out of that whole experience, your grandest takeaway, things that have stayed with you that you would say, you know what really was impactful to me was this. What was that mm. for you?
1: Can I can I just say first, Rashad, it cracks me up. Like I just you just have a way of expressing things and it just (laughs) makes me laugh. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, I just want to say real quick that the, you know, how many of us think that we have the time to to write a whole book? I mean, not many, but just to sort of pick up on on what we were talking about in the last segment, was um, this book started and my whole wine career started with twenty minutes at a time. Literally twenty minutes Mm. at a time. Um, because I was a, I was a new parent. Um, I had twin boys that, you know, I'm still they're 13 now and I'm still figuring out where they came from. I never thought I'd be a parent. <laughs> and here I was with these, with these twin boys and they're hilarious. And just the most amazing, you know, sort of contribution, um, to, to my life path and, um, living in Boston at the time. Um, and these, these kids, like what before Before we had kids, you know, 20 minutes of time would be like, you know, have a cup of tea or go and, you know, page through a magazine or something. Whereas after we had kids and you had 20 minutes, like before they woke up or from a nap or before the babysitter arrived or whatever, you were like, holy cow, 20 minutes, you know what you can do in 20 minutes. Oh, it's huge. Yes. And what, what I learned that I could do is make pretty good headway on a blog post. Hmm. And the more and more the blog posts wanted to be about wine, hmm. so I promised myself. And I, I'm not exactly sure where the idea exactly came from. I, obviously, I was in the shower one day and just sort of hit my head and like, oh, 365 days of wine came to came to mind. Um, but well, it's brilliant. Minutes, it takes it takes 20 minutes to have a sip of wine, you know, have a couple of sips of wine. And start writing, you know, what what you think about it and how you feel about that about that wine and that glass. Um, so that's that's how it started, and then and then it and then that, as we were just talking about a moment ago, um, set things in motion. And then, yes, it turned into every day for a year. And that turned into more and more clips in newspapers and magazines. That turned into an entrepreneurial journey. That turned into Forbes. That turned into Inc. That turned into the book. That turned into analytics. And it just sort of it, it grew from, from there. But it grew from 20 minutes a day and sort of a sip of wine at a time. And I let's be like honest the, with
0: this group. When you started that, did you by any stretch – have some end game in mind that, you know where I'm going to take this? I'm going to be in Forbes and I'm going to have a book. And then I'm going to be on this podcast with this crazy gal on the third attempt at a podcast talking. <laughs> there is no way you could have had the foresight when you no. first started. No way. Which, mm-hmm. which don't you agree, most people don't start because they, they don't see, if it's not grand enough, then why bother? But you have no mm. idea,
1: right? You have no, no idea. Yeah. There, there's no way. There's no way to know. All I knew really was that boy did I like that glass of wine every day. God, I love you. I, I knew that. Yes. I knew that. I loved it. <laughs> yes. And it was, you know, I want. I wanted to do that more every day, and I wanted to do it every day. And I didn't know what that was going to mean or what it was going to turn into. Um, and it, you know, it turned into a side hustle, mm-hmm. and then it turned into something more, more real and something more full time. Um, and no, there was no, there was no. There was no way. No. um, I just knew that this was the next the next thing that was in front of me to do.
0: So isn't it fair to say, again, with uh, we're just sitting here with uh, with our friend uh, now having a glass of Chardonnay with us because that would be much more uh, expected than that tea. That makes no sense in this story. <laughs> and we're sitting here saying, listen, if you don't know where to start, what feels good? What simply yeah. feels good? And, and who yeah. knows? I don't know if that's a glass of wine or crocheting or a, a outdoor landscaping, but, but we all know when something just feels good
1: and there's a reason that it does. Follow that. What, f- what feels good, but, but frankly, what do, what do we love? Right. What do you love? And I feel like we just, that word just gets so either overused or used nonchalantly to way too much. But what do you, what do you respond to? You know what sort of lights it up for you? What is what is that thing? What is that thing for you? And that is that is that's what you've been given to do. That, that's, right. that's yours. That's, that's right. That's yours.
0: And there's no such thing for anybody who says I don't have anything. Okay, you need to spend a little more time in silence. Turn down the outside mm-hmm. noise because you absolutely have something, if not many things. But again, once we get started, then all of a sudden it's oh, I forgot that I used to play guitar and I enjoyed that. And Mm. all of a sudden, right, just like anything that we start, Mm. we open that door to possibility that we had shut down along the way for whatever our reason is.
1: Yeah. Which I agree with
0: completely. 100%. Now tell me, and maybe this is uh, a logical next step, or maybe you're going to say, that was the stupidest segue I've ever heard in my life, and I don't know where you're coming up with (laughs) yoga in this, but because I just said sitting in silence sometimes is very helpful to shut the noise out. Where in the world does yoga and meditation and mindfulness intersect into this world for you?
1: Yeah. um partly it's because yoga is a and meditation is a very robust part of my life. Um, I've been doing yoga for more than twenty years uh, since graduate school, and my roommate was named Helga, and she taught me some basic poses and I sort of, you know, led from there and one one gym after another, one yoga studio after another. But then, Michelle, really, it wasn't until um, I moved with my family to Atlanta um, about eight years ago that um, that doing yoga became practicing yoga uh, because of the the studios here, um, because of the intentionality of the studio, the studios here that I consider my home. Um, that has that was the game changer for me uh, was sort of tapping into this community and learning from these teachers where yoga is, is not just something you do for exercise, um, or something you do, you know, to, to sort of get the, the, be- the summer beach body that everybody's always wanted. Um, right. it was a, it's a spiritual practice, but it's also a, um, in Atlanta, at least, um, yoga can be, can be political, um, it's a, it's a, it's an agent for social change in a lot of ways, uh, is how it sort of, you know, manifests in the, the places that I, that I call my, my home studios in here in Atlanta. Um, so that was, that was the game changer and that is when it went from doing yoga to practicing yoga. Fascinating. So I
0: really want you to expand on that. So how do you, Mm. how do you, how do you mean that? in in real terms that because for those of us that don't live in Atlanta and don't have the experience you have yeah how is it yeah. such a a more grand thing if you will than uh, you know your experience in California or Las Vegas or wherever it is uh, else that you've practiced how and why is it different where you are
1: yeah I think um, and I'm not saying that that teachers of you know, of the kind that I've been fortunate enough to encounter in Atlanta don't exist elsewhere. Sure. I just didn't encounter them elsewhere. Um, but here, what, what I've learned from them is about the true definition of yoga, which is yoking, um, sort of in ancient Sanskrit, the the body and the mind right. together. And when you do that, you, by definition, become the person you were meant to be. Um, and you become an, an agent for social change and you become um, the person who actually does the thing that you're meant to do. Right. Um, and when you, when you bring that together, when you bring together the body and the mind, um, just in a yoga class this morning, earlier today that I was, I was in, one of the teachers said, you know, mind your body, mind your body. And it's sort of the, the consistent, uh, listening to those kind of teachings and 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 responding to those t- kind of teachings and letting them sort of take over, I guess um, and you just you just say, okay, I'm going to mind my body rather than just sort of say, oh, that's a clever thing to say. Right. You're like, actually I'm going to walk out of the studio here and live that. right live what that means. right. And that that was the difference.
0: And it is a a very big shift. I mean, it's a shift in perspective, but it's a shift in everything from going from what you do to who you are. And I I feel the same way about a yoga practice of at at some point, um, whether it's doing it long enough, whether it's being around the right guides and teachers, if you will, that a switch is flipped to, I, I can't walk out of here, go to the parking lot, and then start yelling and screaming because somebody cuts me off. Uh, Mm -hmm. You don't leave your practice on the mat. Your practice becomes, right, your way of life and who you are and in all things. And it changes our standards. So like you said, for social change or things that are going on, maybe what was acceptable before, not just with us, but how in another is being treated, whether it's one person or a community or the world at large, is my place here is to have an impact and is to make a difference because it's who I am and I can't allow standards to be lower than what I personally find acceptable. And I do think that Mm -hmm. yoga and mindfulness and when we can sit in silence of how do I want to show up and what is the world that I want around me and how can I help create that change by who I am becomes Mm -hmm. who we are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, one of this, this actually kind of ties it together nicely, Michelle, with what we were talking about earlier. If we, you, you can't um, really believe that you are living yoga and think that you have nothing to offer. Those two things just don't, don't go hand in hand. Um, if you are living your yoga, you believe that you as a person have value and you have something to contribute. And I feel like that is, um, that translates, my teacher says, there's, there are no throwaway people. There are no throwaway people, whether you have thought that you were a throwaway person or whether you are somebody who can help somebody who thought they were a throwaway person, that is living your yoga. And that is where I think you really take it off the mat.
0: Well, everyone, profound statement number two. So now, once again, stop this recording. This time, get your smartphone and find a yoga class near you. And then, when you do, sign up and then come back and let's finish this conversation, which is what we're going to do right now. But really, stop the recording and go find a yoga class because I—it's uh, brilliant. That's exactly—that's exactly correct. Well, it, to wrap this all up here in a neat little bow, because how I found you was through a balanced glass, and this is, I think, a wonderful segue to your involvement in that why you felt it was important from your perspective different than Rebecca's what what you feel this is doing uh in this you know wine enthusiast community if you will because it's much deeper Mm -hmm. what what you're doing there really does have a tremendous impact so from your perspective what is that that a balanced glass offers and why you got involved
1: yeah, I I feel like the most important thing about a balanced glass is that is that it exists, and it exists because Rebecca Hopkins uh, tuned into what wasn't there that she heard, and she was responding to what needed to be there, and that was a that was a, a community, a safe place um, for people in the wine industry uh, to to talk about. Um, talk about things that, that are troublesome, to talk about the things that we sort of, you know, for a really long time have kind of pushed under the rug. Uh, things like uh, like mental health in the wine industry, things like alcoholism in the wine industry, things like how do you maintain balance when it's your job to drink, basically. Right. And these were the things, and, and back stepped, she stepped up, she stepped in there and she was like, this is for me to do. Like, th- this is my thing, I'm going to do this. And I, and I tell her that, you know, she's, she, she is, if, if I'm yin, she's yang. Absolutely. Yeah. She's, she's the Aquarius. I'm the Virgo. She's the mind map on the bullet, bullet, bullet point list. She, and it's, it's pretty hilarious.
0: It is. She how, describes you that way. I mean, both of you, You're balanced. <laughs> you definitely see each other the same way, which is
1: lovely to, uh, to hear. And, um, and she just, I just admire and respect so much that this is what she has, she has done and. Obviously, it has struck a chord in the within the industry, within the community, um, and I it's absolutely 100% Beck's thing. I tell her I'm here for color commentary. I'm here for what she needs. Um, I, I do contribute on a on a every other week basis um, to the to the website, which which I love, and I think something uh, in terms of the industry that it has done for both Beck and Beck and me is for people to see us in a different light. Um, before then people knew me as, as a writer, they knew me as a journalist, the Forbes part, the ink part, the analytics part, but you know, a balanced has kind of quote unquote outed me as a, a spiritual person as well, which actually is a really robust part of my life. Um, so it has, I think it's made both of us more, um, uh, more seen as more sort of people like everyday people right. with everyday struggles. Um, but also more approachable and that has been sort of one of the most amazing things that has come out of it is that people approach me and, and tell me about their spirit their own spiritual journeys and I love that and I love hearing it and I'm like I'm with you I'm with you 100% and they're like I had no idea that this was that this was you too and I was like yeah you know and why why is that like why 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 not it's why interesting it isn't so it right it is the thing it that is, we absolutely. think is the
0: core of our soul why is that not mm-hmm. what we're leading with
1: Probably goes back to the question you started with, Michelle, was like, what are we, you know, why aren't we right. following following our heart? Because right. I'm supposed to be a writer. Right. And I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing that. Right. And, you know, maybe there's there's not enough. Maybe I can't feed my family if I, if I did something else. Um, so there's all those kind of maybes and fears kind of tied up into that. But then there's, you know... The thing you are meant to do sort of, you know, comes up thanks to Rebecca Hopkins or thanks to whatever, you know, it's it's, it's going to happen eventually anyway, and I, I believe that.
0: So if someone's listening right now and they think, okay, I just need a lot more of Kathy, that's all there is to it. <laughs> I want to stay connected, I want to know what she's doing, I, I just want to mm-hmm. keep this conversation going. Where can someone find you? What are you doing now mm-hmm. that if somebody wanted to tap in a website, a blog post, whatever it is that you have going on, what is the best way for someone to, to follow and, and uh, continue this journey with you?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I'm easily found on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, uh, as we just said, I write every other week for a balanced class. Um, professionally I write for Forbes I write for Inc I-N-C dot com um, and my company is called Inolytics, E-N-O-L-Y-T-I-C-S and every week we do a blog post called E-N-O-L-Y-T-I-C-S which is um, I think a pretty candid and a pretty transparent look at, at the business and what's kind of making us scratch our heads right now mm-hmm. um, any of those ways or just you know, send me an email send me an email Excellent. I'm and, here and I'm on,
0: so, on social media, what what is what do you go by? What is your? Do you have a, a crafty name on social media?
1: No, it's literally my my whole name: C A T H Y H U Y G H E.
0: Perfect. All of this will be in show notes, so everybody will have that as well. So if you have a chance to jump over to the website, uh, which is obviously the Yoga Wine Bar, all of her information will be there and clickable links, so you can find that there as well. All this wrapping this up uh, with a bow. Two final questions out of the Mm -hmm. whole of your life thus far. And I know this could change in a year and certainly in 10 years, but for what you know now, ultimately, what would you like your legacy to be?
1: I love that question. And I feel like it's, um, what I want it to be is what it is now, because I'm, I, I would like to think that even if I were to die tomorrow, I've left something behind, like I live in order to leave something behind. Um, and that's my, that's my family, that's my, my husband, that's my children, it's my parents, it's my brothers and sisters, but there's also a body of work, um, a body of, of writing, um, a body of teaching and a body, I, I hope, of putting myself out there and kind of raising my hand um, to, be, uh, to be visible about what I believe. Um and that that comes through as an entrepreneur that comes through as an advocate for women um, and diversity in the industry and in everywhere that I'm that I'm active, politically active. Um, that I think I, I would like to think that that's my legacy now um, if I were to die tomorrow um, but also you know moving forward i don't I don't know what it's going to be, but I hope that it's true to, to what it has been so far and to what I discover moving forward.
0: Fantastic. And I that authenticity, that if every one of us could leave a legacy, that was our truth and that it wasn't a legacy yeah. of living a life that uh, was for someone else or for someone else's expectation. Uh, once again, there's the third profound of this podcast within 30 minutes. It's really brilliant. So go back and listen to that one again. And in closing, because we don't want to end on a death note by any stretch. So let's, let's end this on a lighter side. And the person that can probably answer this better than most, because you did drink every day for 365 days. Not that, not that I certainly haven't, but maybe I didn't do it with the same intention. I, I'll, I should really incorporate that. But on a lighter side, whether it's that year or any other time in your life, because this is about mindfulness and being more present and not just with the wine and the tasting, but the people that you're sharing that with. If you had a favorite story, and maybe it is just you and a blog, that's uh, Mm -hmm. equally as cool, no doubt about it. But if you were to look back and go, you know, maybe it's not the best or the most favorite, but something that comes to mind of, you know, there was this glass of wine or this bottle of wine, or maybe many bottles of wine, but here's something that, I can remember being fully present for that was meaningful in that moment. What comes to mind for you in that way?
1: Yeah, I feel like it was um, it was a moment where I was um, I was being recorded, video recorded for something, and and the person who was interviewing me said, um, you know, why why do you why do you why are you doing this? Why why do you love wine? And I just remember that I got I got this big smile on my face, and I was like. God, I just, I just love it. Like, I'm sure I sounded like an alcoholic. I just, <laughs> I just love it. I love, I love how it tastes. I love how it smells. I love what happens when I drink it. I love what happens when the people around me drink it. It's just the conversations that happen um, when we all sort of are just in the, in the vibe of what wine was always meant to do, which was to nourish us. It's, it's there to, to nourish us and it's there to, to add this whole pleasure to our lives. And that is, you know, absolutely why I'm doing this. And it's, it's why I'm here. It's one of, the, one of the reasons why I'm here is to sort of share the love of that.
0: Well, if there is a wine council out there, how you do not have Kathy as your spokesperson, I do not know. So (laughs) let me tell you. And I I agree as well. I mean, I I built a 1920s-themed champagne room uh, as the first Mm. part of this retreat center. So I share that same love and passion with you uh, very deeply, or I obviously wouldn't even have the Yoga Wine Bar podcast. So uh, I hope everybody who's listening does take a moment to reflect on everything that Kathy has said here and in... Understanding that there are no throwaway lives, there are no throwaway people. You have a very unique and valuable gift, and there is someone else out there that is meant to share that with you. And to hold that back, I I think is stingy, quite frankly. When you're not sharing Mm. what you're meant to do, you're impacting somebody else who is meant to be the recipient of that. And Mm. I think that's for all of us to stop and think, you know, what is that for me? And it starts with those first five minutes or that first five cents or whatever it is to say, here's what I can do. And here's what I can do that kind of lights me up inside. And that's step one. We all have that ability. So thank you, really. Uh, I, I, I thought maybe this thing was going to go five different directions, and it went down <laughs> paths that I so enjoy. And thank you for the grace of, for those of you listening, this was our third attempt, I did say third time's a charm, at getting this podcast. First one, my power was out for the day. Uh, the next one, we just the sound didn't work, and this was no easy walk in the park either. So when you're committed to making things happen one way or another, <laughs> we were going to do this on a telephone. I mean, uh, trust me. Uh, thank you for your patience and understanding and getting this thing done and honestly it has been my absolute pleasure and I know my audience's pleasure to share this time with you so
1: honestly thank you for being here it's an honor I appreciate it really and truly
0: thank you thank you and thank you again everybody for listening to this episode of the Yoga Wine Bar Podcast this episode of the Yoga Wine Bar Podcast was brought to you by Inner North Star and the North Star Retreat Center reminding you that the next person you meet, that next conversation you have over a glass of wine, could be the one that changes your life. Stay present and cheers to making every moment matter.